Welcome to the Big Cat Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Big Cat KZ. Thank you so much for listening in. The Big Cat Lounge is where we interview guests in the casual lounge setting from all over the world. We are on the way to achieving Big Cat International status. New episodes are dropped weekly on all places you listen to podcasts. Please rate and subscribe to help us grow. Today's guest comes from India, where he's a motivational keynote speaker, helping your teams and leaders break mindset barriers to accelerate business performance. He's igniting human potential and inspiring our vision to reality. We welcome Bobby D'Souza to the Big Cat Lounge podcast. Hey, thank you so much, Kyle. It is such a pleasure connecting with you, and I look forward to talking to you and sharing uh, you know, my experience. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So tell me, how did you become one of the best leading speakers in Mumbai? Uh, I cannot say I am the best, but what I definitely can say for sure is um, I'm a person who completely uh, connects to human authentically. That's one of my key strengths that I can connect with people instantly. Uh, I'm able to forge relationship. Uh, build connection very quickly. And as a result of that, you know, I'm able to understand what are some of the challenges and the struggles uh, people face. And uh, hopefully I'm able to inspire them through a message, through my keynotes, through my masterclass, and even through conversation that I have, uh, uh, you know, one-on-one as well. Mm-hmm. And how have, you, how have you been able to engage with your audience? Because I know now, you know, we're in, we're in COVID, so it's a lot of it's virtual. So how do you how are you engaging with your audience? Because there's a lot of, you know, lack of interaction. So how can you see their reactions and cues? Uh, absolutely, uh, Kyle. Uh, it's been surprising, uh, shocking, and uh, even frustrating sometimes. Because uh, as speakers, we are used to speaking to people in person. You know, there is nothing that can replace the human connection. You know, mm-hmm. just the way that we can naturally connect with people. Uh, when that changed. Uh, then we quickly moved on to virtual. Uh, so with a lot of clients, so many organizations, we've been doing virtual keynotes, masterclasses, workshops. Um, in fact, for one of our clients, we uh, did a masterclass, which was for almost uh, seven to eight hours Oh wow! Uh, with just a few breaks. And before I did it, my question was, you know, will the participants be able to, you know, be engaged? Will they find it too much? Uh, but I think when you bring in um, fun, natural conversation, a desire to engage them and understand that, you know, if somebody's going to sit there for almost seven to eight hours, what can you do to make them more comfortable, make it more fun for them, make it more experience based, and at the same time, give them value that brings value to everything that they're doing professionally or personally. So I think that is what has worked for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times like you you know you would join a conference and you just be listening and listening and then you can just tune out things but for you you try and make it more interactive and really get to know the people or participants and the people around you and and different breakout sessions so yeah that's that's amazing that you're able to really bring together people because a lot of the times there's so many barriers you know in the, in the work office um, or anywhere you are so just being able to let those go Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm glad to say that, you know, consistently, I'm learning, I 
cannot say that I've learned it all, uh, but thankful to my team and I that we are able to engage people, connect with people, and we've been able to, you know, uh, bring some great value and experience. And I'm glad I can do that. And how many companies would you say you've, uh, you've been able to, to reach today? Uh, till today, I'm uh, blessed to say that we've uh, worked with 156 organizations till wow. today. <laughs> That's amazing. That is truly That's amazing. Right. Yes. How are you able to prepare for, you know, your speeches? Because I know now you've been doing this for 20 plus years or so. So how do you fine tune, you know, the speech based upon the audience? Uh, I think uh, when we are delivering keynotes and, you know, any events for one of our clients, the format still remains the same, right? In order to understand your need, whether you're doing content marketing, whether you're doing keynote speeches, whether you're doing sales, finally, the goal is still the same. You've got to understand what they really, really need, where they're at. And every time when I have a conversation with a client, the discovery call with the client, the goal is basically to identify what are the pain points, what are the, some of the challenges that they're facing. And, uh, you know, we, uh, with the message that you're going to bring, how can we ensure that, you know, a balm is applied on the wounds, on the challenges, and how can we give strategy and solutions uh, through the keynote and the message that we have? So basically, understanding the need, understanding the pain points, and then asking ourselves, what best can we do to resonate with a message that can really connect with people where they are at? Mm -hmm. That's how we do it, actually. Yeah. And is that how you're able to like make that your, you know, your teams become fear free? Because a lot of the teams, I guess, like are afraid to speak up. Um, so what have you noticed is, is something that that teams are, are, are doing during your sessions? Yes. Uh, see, honestly, um, I will share a real experience. Uh, there is a, a submarine technology corporation, uh, you know, an Asian company and we did a number of uh, events for them and recently we did a couple of events for them virtually and uh, the tragedy of the situation was because of COVID-19 you know one of the team members who was in the organization for almost 10 to 15 years uh, passed away due to COVID-19 because he was traveling to different countries yeah. and when one of those engineers passed away the impact that it had on the entire team was phenomenally uh, painful and people were scared and just a cough or a sneeze or just a little bit of fever would automatically make people contemplate the worst. Yeah. And I'm glad to say that uh, we were able to bring in genuine empathy because no matter how wonderful our message can be, a personal loss of a human being can never be replaced by just a keynote message, right? or even by mere words, because we fall short of it. So empathy is a very powerful thing that can really apply balm of a sort uh, to people in times of situations that people are facing. What I've observed is there is a lot of fear, okay? And there is a lot of uh, lack of courage because what is happening is people are watching the news, uh, people, people are looking at uh, television or social media feeds, and there is a lot of stories of you know, uh, what the impact of coronavirus and the pandemic has done. It is so natural for people to get scared. One of the key messages that I bring during these times is basically that do not make things worse than it is. And that I think is very, very important. When people go through a situation, whether they're going through a business impact that has happened because of the coronavirus, because of the pandemic, 
or because uh, it's a health issue that people are facing. People tend to make it more worse than it is. People tend to get very scared about it. And as a result, people stop taking any positive action. Yeah. And my goal always is that people build on courage. Uh, people are able to stop overthinking, pause, reflect, and as a result, take some massive action to do the best they can in whatever they're going through. Today's sponsor is Anchor FM app. Go download the free Anchor app today to get started. You can find it at your Play Store or App Store. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it distributes everything for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and many more. This is what I'm currently using right now to edit and record my podcast, and you can do so from your phone or computer. And the tools are really easy to use to help document the Big Cat Lounge journey. So what are you waiting for? Go today and download it. And for for me, um, like over the years, I've been more intentional with with networking. Um, like now, for instance, I have like over forty five thousand people in my network. But the thing is, wow. I haven't been utilizing my network, right? Like I, I have those connections, but I don't know every single one of those people I'm connected with. I don't know them on a you know one to one basis, or I don't have that that value in a relationship yet. So that's one thing I'm trying to work upon um, and, and really just try to d- develop uh, because it is, it's a community and it's just knowledge sharing amongst one another. Hmm. What you're saying is absolutely true. What I've also discovered is, you know, we also do a few public events. And what I've realized is in today's world, whether you want to build connection with unknown people who are influencers, whether you're trying to connect with people, uh, you know, for, from a sales perspective, whether you're trying to just, you know, get in connection, even on LinkedIn via a mutual connection, uh, that can only happen when you genuinely are able to connect with people over a period of time and nurture relationships. Uh, one of the messes that I did earlier was initially when I started off is I started asking people for help without realizing that I need to build a connection with them uh, without nurturing a relationship with them. I'm thankful that I've learned a lesson. And uh, when you're able to nurture a relationship, then people will go out of the way to support you and bring value to you. Well, you're working, you're creating podcast. Um, time can be a, you know, a challenge, but I think nurturing relationship uh, goes a long way, I think. It really does. It truly does. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, the companies are able to do now, I guess, during this like mass exodus that's going to take place uh, in the workforce? Like in the U.S. right now, um, some of the things we're noticing is like lower paying jobs. Uh, people aren't coming to work because there's unemployment and that will pay you more. And then right now, a lot of people don't want to you know, go back into the office. They rather have like a full time remote gig. So a lot of these companies are going to be faced with a challenge where there's going to be a lot of turnover, or people trying to move, move around. Uh, do you have any suggestions of, of, of things that these companies can try and do to prevent uh, those from leaving? Honestly, uh, there are different situations in different parts of the world, right? At least what's happening in India is very different to what's happening in the US. Yeah. Uh, my observation is that because people have got so used to working from home, telling them to come to, uh, you know, work, commute and travel and come to an office is going to be challenging. For some people, I think it will be a breath of fresh air because people, some people enjoy the whole experience of, you know, 
the water coolers or the coffee tables and yeah. having conversation with people in person. People would love that. But there is also a group of people, whether there are people at Google, whether there are people at LinkedIn, uh, Spotify or in a different organization, even across India. Uh, there are a group of people who are reluctant to come to office and there is a group of people who are willing to come to office. What I think I suggest to organizations to do is work on a hybrid model, which basically means, and I think it's also happening in some parts of India. I do not know how much of it is happening in the US and uh, European countries, is um, some days people are told to come to work in the office. Some days people are told to work from home, uh, you know, virtually. Okay. Um, uh, in fact, there are also organizations who are saying that, you know, we will find co-working spaces, beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautifully constructed co-working spaces, which are near the premises of wherever the people stay. And they also get employees to stay work in the co-working premises. So the travel and the commute is lesser. So either work on a hybrid model wherein employees can work from home and work from office sometimes, uh, or even uh, a sort of, uh, you know, a model wherein there is co-working space which is more nearer uh, you know the employees uh, residence that might even yeah. work i think yeah i think just having like a, a flexibility um you know to give you the option because a lot of people think you know oh we're losing control now now our five our five days are going to be controlled again so yeah it's just each person will have their own mindset but uh, yeah, to, to your point, I mean, changing your, your environment also can, can help, um, you know, change your creativity and just going into an office does present some, some pros and some cons, but it's just, yeah, having that, that balance. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, uh, Kyle, uh, my also one of my observation was, you know, I do a lot of leadership uh, keynotes, you know, mm -hmm. and one thing that I've observed is a lot of leaders and managers, you want to, uh, you know, they want to micromanage their team. So they want to tell their teams, this is exactly what you do. Uh, you know, you log in at this time from the system and let me know what is exactly happening. What I've realized is during uh, this COVID-19 and when people have worked virtually, uh, that control has been taken off, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think long-term micromanaging is not going to work. What's really going to work is nurturing trust and relationship. If there is great trust between the team members and the leader, then I think it does not matter whether you work from office or work from home or you work from a co-working space, it's, it will all work out. If there is an issue of trust, then you know, you got to keep the controls all the time. So, you know, I think that if the leaders can focus on enhancing and building more trust with the team, I think uh, it might just work out. Mm -hmm. And do you find some, sometimes companies approach you trying to, you know, solution uh, issues of trust within their organization? Uh, I definitely think yes. Uh, there are times when organization will call us and say that, you know, there is a leadership team uh, and uh, there is a team that is working under the leader. And uh, sometimes there is no communication happening between the leader and uh, the team members, yeah. specifically in an organization wherein a new person has joined in as a manager and a leader. Um, and sometimes it is very difficult for the team members to, you know, forget the favorite leader that they had for so many years and suddenly a new leader comes in. A new leader tends to show off more of the position, you know, that I'm, I'm a leader, I'm your manager, I'm going to show the position that I have. But just like John Maxwell always wonderfully says that, you know, leadership is not about position, but it is about relationship.
Uh, correct. And uh, through all the keynotes, I think one of the key things that I compassionately always want to bring in, uh, no leadership is going to work on designation. Designation and position is only the start. It is just the basic protocol. But beyond that, you know, whether it is uh, the army, uh, the marine, or whether it is corporate organizations, it is forged with relationship. And if you're able to build trust, I think that is what a lot of organizations actually ask for. If you can do a session keynote on helping leaders, you know, build relationship. Mm -hmm. So that is a big need, actually. This brings us to our quote section. Uh, $20 a day is 7,300 a year. $30 a day is 10,950 a year. $40 a day is 14,600 a year. Small steps will yield large outcomes. So never underestimate the small gains. Wonderful. Absolutely. That is so profound and so true that uh, I think I would, in my own statement, I would say the same quote and say that, you know, never despise the small beginnings. Mm -hmm. Every little action that we take every day, specifically when people are working from home, it is so easy to quickly move onto the bed or the couch and sleep and just go to Netflix and watch a movie. But every little step we take, every action that we take has a bigger impact in the long term. And I think we should never despise small beginnings. I think. Yeah. And, and how are you able to maintain, you know, your, your motivation and your upbeat spirit? Because there is a lot of negativity that's thrown around us, but you're able to still maintain your positivity to tell us, how do you get that? Uh, see, honestly, um, see, I'm the author of a book and I'm just showing it to you right now. We uh, are on audio version. I, I am, I'm the author of a book called Fallen to Rise, which is actually my true story of somebody who was once, uh, you know, down the valley of my life and how I was able to rise up and lift up myself to today impacting thousands of people across the world. Uh, my honest truth over this is that never letting that inner hope to die. You know, a lot of people would say that, you know, I want to be inspired. I want to be motivated consistently, but motivation cannot happen. Un you know, until a person has this unquenchable hope, that there is something bigger, something better, something higher waiting for that person. You know, 20 years back when I was on the roads of Mumbai, I did not know what I was doing, where life was taking me on the roads of Mumbai. When I literally had no money, one thing that kept me afloat was I always knew deep in my very gut that something bigger, something better, something higher is waiting for me. My current reality is not my future. My current reality is only a situation. It is not my destination. Mm -hmm. And this is something of a hope that was within me. And it is always being fired up. And whether it is reading a great book, you know, whether it is listening to podcast, uh, whether it is uh, connecting with people who are like-minded, uh, consistently inspiring yourself by never letting that fire of that hope be diminished, I think is one of the ways that, you know, people can stay inspired. And that has kept me going on and on, you know, in all my imperfection, but I'm glad to say that I've been able to keep moving forward because there's something bigger, something better that was and higher. You know, I always knew is coming my way. And I believe every listener who's listening is listening to this, something bigger, something better, something higher is waiting for you. And if you could go back to when you were 18 years old, 
What's some advice you'd give yourself now that you have all this wisdom and knowledge today? I think there are so many lessons that I've learned, you know, fallen to rise. The book is the first word is fallen, right? Yeah. And I can honestly say without being an, uh, without being ashamed about it, that I felt too many times I made a lot of mistakes. What I really think, uh, if I could give an advice to myself when I was 18 years old is if I had found a mentor in my life at the age of 18, uh, you know, whether it is a financial mentor, uh, whether it is uh, being surrounding myself with people, you know, who knew how to handle money well, people who knew um, how to rise higher and create impact, even at the age of 18. If I had that influence and that guide at the age of 18, I would have risen to a new level compared to where I've reached today. Uh, I think choosing the type of people you have in your life is very very vital and if i had some mentors in my life at that moment of time I, my speed of growth would have accelerated to a much faster pace um, so i think choosing the type of people you are going to hang out with has to be intentional that's my suggestion yeah if we wanted to follow your journey where could we look uh, in case somebody wants to follow my journey number one is people can go to amazon and pick a copy of Fallen to Rise, the book. Uh, it's also available internationally and in India as well. Uh, people can also check out the Bobby D'Souza show on Spotify. Uh, people can easily connect with me on LinkedIn, just search for Bobby D'Souza. And otherwise, Google, Google me, I'm there. If somebody needs help, somebody wants a friend and wants to just connect and wants to talk, I'm glad to help them. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. It is such a pleasure, Kyle. Thank you so much for your valuable time and look forward to connecting again. We are accepting applications if you think you have what it takes to be a big cat and be a guest on the show. Email us at bigcatlounge@gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Big Cat Lounge podcast. Hope to see you soon.